You're listening to I Watch That, a podcast about all things movies, TV, and pop culture. If you like what you hear, share this with your friends. We hope you enjoy and look forward to discussing more in today's episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of I Watched That. Welcome, I'm welcome. Ethan. And I am Alex. And today, we're going to play a little game of catch-up, because we just had, you know, a Thanksgiving break, yeah, it's like, been, three weeks ago. It's been a while. We yeah. have not, we have a lot of episodes brewing, but we have not been able to actually sit down and record, them. And record yeah. them. So here we are. It's been a while, but we have been working. Yeah, we have been working. We have We've been not, watching some we stuff. Haven't been, we haven't been sitting back. Hence why we're going to sit down and record four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all a part of the process, so... Ethan, what have you been watching on your own time? Alright, so probably the thing that I have watched the most, because I have actually finished it, is the Wednesday show mm-hmm. on Netflix. Give um, us some of your thoughts, some of what were some of the I good things about it, anything you have against it. I love it. Um, so I actually have never seen the old Adams Families, the Adams Family movies, like mm-hmm. um, the one with Christina Ritchie as Wednesday. Um, but... I do know a lot from the Adams Family musical because I am a geek and <laughs> musical nerd over here. But so, but I like the Adams Family. I think they're crazily weird and all that. I actually saw, I think it was twenty nineteen. It came out came out the animated Adams Family movie mm-hmm. with like Oscar Isaac as Gomez and um, uh, let's see. Uh, who all is that? Finn Wolfhard as Pugsley, I know, is one. Oh, uh, so, yeah, a crazy voice cast. Um, but, yeah, so I, I know, I've i always known the Adams Family. You know, they're very popular in the zeit, zeitgeist. Um, <laughs> but I think they've been around for almost, I mean, not exactly 100 years. But mm-hmm. the comics, like, there were Adams Family comics that came out, I want to say, in the 30s. I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, so I always knew about the Adams family. I was excited for this show. I loved this cast too. Jenna Ortega is amazing because I saw her for the first time in You, season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love You. I forgot I she was you. in that show. Um, yeah, and she's so good in it. But because mm-hmm. she's in season two, then she goes away in season three, unfortunately, because she's so good. As she was even younger when yeah. that sh- show came out. Now she's a little older, but I mean, she if this show has proven anything. It is that she is a star on the rise, and that mm-hmm. I think she's going to. I mean, she's technically already leading a franchise now, but the like, thing, I think yeah. one of these big studios will want to scoop her. The up. thing I've seen, like on TikTok or like Instagram or just like news, is just like how seriously she's taken her role uh-huh. and how like she she's like so good. like there's an interview where she talked about how like she wouldn't like she just learned how to not blink. Yeah, for her role, and I'm like, that is insane. Just crazy. And like that whole dance scene that she had to practice and stuff like that. She choreographed that herself. She She learned to play the cello for the role. Like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. So, what makes the show like good? It's just a great. It's a mystery kind of thing. Honestly, is it like a coming of age story? Is it a murder mystery? Is it like it is technically kind of like a murder mystery? Does she kill someone? No, she doesn't kill. No, but she's trying to discover a killer. Gotcha. Um, and. It honestly, to me, it always felt like a, like if they were to make like a, a live action Scooby Doo show. Yeah. Um, that's almost what it kind of felt like. Really. Yeah. Not okay. like any of those characters reminded me of Scooby Doo, but like that should be the blueprint of what a live yeah. action Scooby Doo show. I'm gonna would get be. into it. Just I it don't know is why so I so good. And like I said, in the first 24 hours, I believe, or within the first week, it did top 
most hours streamed on Netflix. Which is it's such a surprise. Dahmer. That surprised um, me. It's still, Squid Game is still up there. But that's like international. <clears throat> I think there's yeah. a lot more appeal. Yeah. It's like for English that. language series. Um, it's so Stranger Things four and Dahmer are still above it technically, like within like first month, sixty days or something yeah. like that. However, that would they were at like one point four billion hours, and Wednesday has only been out for two weeks and is yeah. already at like seven hundred and forty hours, yeah. million hours kind of stuff. So it's it doesn't have a lot that it has to catch up with, and I think it's well deserved because it is a great show. Tim Burton, I'm to you watch know, Tim it. Burton's over it, you know, of course, yeah. But it doesn't feel like. And this is a good thing. It doesn't feel like overly Tim Burton-y. Yeah. You know, because sometimes his his style can sometimes overtake yeah. the movie or the show yeah. or something. So this time, like, his his expertise helps the show, but his style doesn't overtake okay. the show. It looks like it definitely has, like, his fingerprints yes. and style-wise. But, like, I think when I think of Tim Burton, I think of, like... The Corpse Bride movie, mm-hmm. Frank and Weenie. <laughs> Frank and Weenie. <laughs> so it looks like it has that kind of goth vibe to it, mm-hmm. but it's on my list. I just don't know yeah. why I haven't. Because I'm stuck so good. on my show that I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching a little show called 1899. Which I want to watch as well. But... It's not bad at all. It's actually like a really good show. It's a mystery. You don't know what's going on. Everyone's having flashbacks. Basically, like the premise of the show that you like get to know from day one is like this immigrant ship they're all traveling to the mainland and they get the signal from a ship that's been missing for years Mm -hmm. so they go to the ship and they there's someone alive on the ship and they bring them on board and the captain's like i want to bring the ship back to the mainland Mm -hmm. but the passengers are like no no we don't want to do that and so um it's just very like it's a show that you have to like, a lot of times when I watch shows, I'll, like, mm-hmm. scroll on my phone mm-hmm. or, like, I'll just watch a little bit of it. And I think my attention span loses for a couple uh-huh. seconds and I'll do something on my phone or, like, yeah. I'll get distracted. But with 1899, I feel like you have to watch yeah, totally because you sure. can't watch it dubbed because a huge plot of the show is about how people from the lower class and the upper class are communicating with each other, mm-hmm. but they don't understand each other because they're speaking different languages. Oh, okay. So you don't understand if you watch it dubbed uh-huh, in english you don't understand why there's conflict yeah, yeah, yeah. because you think they understand each other but yeah. they don't and they don't explicitly say like i don't understand you no okay. it's just like so it's very i think it's a really cool representation and really cool idea and the way that the episode four just ended out of eight i thought there were six but there's eight episodes yeah. um, oh i thought they were all i thought there were six too but i guess i was huh. wrong the way episode four ended, it was actually really good. So uh-huh. I'm, I want to keep watching it. Just sometimes yeah. after a long day, I'm like, yeah, you're like, oh, I uh, so I watched that. I w- got to watch All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, you, but you I didn't only watched seventy five percent of it, dude. No, it was not a bad boom, bad, <laughs> bad movie by any means. <laughs> I was about to not say the word movie. I don't know why. <laughs> it was not a bad movie by any means, but like it was so like graphic and gory like in your face because i believe the director wanted to make this like an anti-war film Mm -hmm. because it's this idea of like these young soldiers who are like these just high school boys and they enlist in the army and they're like we're gonna go change the world blah 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 blah. we're gonna be a part because like war in germany for that specific time was like glamorized Uh as like being something that's like a medal of honor or like pride pride that you have mm-hmm. and then the whole movie is like once they're on this western front 
mm-hmm. like the quietness is like this eeriness of like this is not what we expected mm. and so like friends are dying and like yeah. all this kind of stuff and they show that very graphically yeah for a netflix movie which is insane i'm surprised that it was not rated like nr but it's <laughs> obviously rated like r it's so insane. it's a good movie but the character i think I, I i think the character development in it was lacking because a huge premise of the movie is like the characters passing away and like their friends are mm-hmm. passing away and like from this war and like you just are watching it and you're so like mortified by the mm-hmm. gore in it that you kind of i'm like you're kind of like well why am i upset that this person's dying mm-hmm. so that's was my takeaway but it was uh, stylistically and like as a movie itself it was done really well but it wasn't mm. more so a movie of like oh like i'm connected yeah. so i think that's why i stopped but i enjoyed it okay but i just think the movie i compare it to um the one the movie we talked about this the movie the war movie with andrew garfield hacksaw ridge yeah i compare it to hacksaw ridge where it's that graphic uh-huh. but however the character of andrew garfield you really get attached to because mm-hmm. he does a good job at that so for this one, there was no character you really okay. feel attached to, but the gore and like the violence is very in your face, just like that movie. So it was good. I watched the opposite of that type of movie. Which What'd you was watch? Disenchanted. I <laughs> still have not got yeah. Which I mean, you're not missing out on much. Honestly, it just. I does... feel like it was talked about for like yeah. a moment in time, and then people realized how crappy it was. Yeah. And then that was like it. it's the opposite of what a sequel should be. Yeah. Like it does not live up to what the first Enchanted did. Yeah. Enchanted does. I don't think yeah. it even tries. Like, instead, it doesn't go bigger. Instead, it gets a lot smaller and more contained. Yeah. The characters aren't as interesting. Um, the music isn't as good. Um, it's not as funny. It just it doesn't really stand out as much. And um, But I will say, James Marsden, you know, he was the prince in the first one. And now, you know, him and Idina Menzel's character yeah. get married at the end of that movie. They, him and Idina Menzel seem to be having the time of their life. Yeah. They seem to be having a great time. And you can tell. And so they were both very enjoyable to watch. Idina Menzel's song is, in my opinion, the only good song in the entire movie. Um, but everybody else is just like, eh. It felt almost like they were kind of collecting a paycheck. Yeah. So. But the the girl yeah. that plays the daughter, she also does a good job. I think this was like her biggest role yet. She so I would like to see her in more stuff. But other than yeah. that, it's, did you feel like it was like a movie that Disney had to make for the fans? No, I would. No. I think it has more or less hurt the franchise that they made the movie. Well, speaking of Disney. Well, speaking of Disney, that <laughs> yeah, here's some big some big news that happened. Obviously, this isn't new anymore. Although, when it came out the week of Thanksgiving. It was the greatest thing I could wake up to because I was singing Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. Yeah. Because Bob Chapek isn't the CEO of Disney anymore. Bum, bum, bum. And Bob Iger is back. Now, I don't know if I've said it, like, on the record of the podcast, but I'm a Bob Iger acolyte. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he's my ride or die. I love Bob Iger. His book is one of my, my favorite books I've ever read. Um, it, it's just so good. And, like, he is the reason, like, Disney was what it was like up until like 2020 it's obviously changed a little bit (laughs) but like the disney that we grew up with as children like was honestly because of him Uh um now some of the older animated movies were michael eisner but like bob Iger like created disney to what to the cultural and global juggernaut that it is yeah um and so i'm so excited that he's back i did not like bob chapek whatsoever when he was first hired i was like let's give him a chance i'm excited um However, he really just drove the company right into the ground. 
Um, I, I've heard many things. I know Christine McCarthy, who is the CFO of Disney. She has been the one that has come on the rise in, in the rumors and the leaks that she is the reason Bob Chapek was fired because she went to the board herself and was like, either he goes or I go. Um, that is because crazy. after the last, like, it's no secret, Disney stock has plummeted this year compared yeah. to previous years. Um, and Bob Chapek was planning to, the rumor is that Bob Chapek was planning to blame it all on Christine McCarthy. And Christine McCarthy was like, nah, I ain't doing that. Um, and, but I've also heard that some of the studio heads, like the Kevin Feige, um, Pete Doctor, um, whoever the head of Disney Animation is, they were like, he's got to go because he keeps cr- trying to like micromanage all of their the making of their content. Mm-hmm. And so like part of, now I will, I'll get to this in a second, but that was one of the other reasons um, that the studio exec- executives, I mean, it was just like, Pretty much every single fan that you talk to, not a single person liked Bob Chapek. You could probably walk around the parks and just go up to random people and be like, do you like how Bob Chapek is running this company? Every single one of them would be like, absolutely not. Like, he he's screwed up the parks, he screwed up the movies, Disney+, Plus, all that stuff. He's made so many people mad. And so I don't think a single person was sad to see him leave. Sure. That being said, Bob Chapek is a human being, and a guy lost his job. So I think we... But... I mean, he's sitting pretty. His severance package was not small. How much was it? Do you know? Uh, is that released to the public? I, I think it was. But, I mean, he his contract contract was just renewed, like, a couple months ago. Yeah. So they would have had to pay a hefty price to buy him out of that contract. Yeah. So this wasn't a cheap thing for them to do, either. Um, but they, they brought back Bob Iger, gave him two years to steer the boat back on course, fix all the problems, bring a new person in train them and then he'll leave again yeah um which i don't know i don't think two years is long enough to do it i hope that the disney board is not mandating it happens in two years because if it can't happen in two years and you're rushing him to do it again it's just gonna happen all over again mm-hmm. so but i will say some of the problems that bob chapek ran into bob Iger did start yeah I, I will say that and we also have to keep in mind that bob chapek took over the company in one of the hardest times ever like he started the month before covid really hit and lockdowns all that they had to shut down all the parks movie theaters were closed everything um and so i we also have to keep that in mind but he was kind of just screwing up the brand but like some of the disney plus things and uh like marvel in particular like that Marvel Kevin Feige was getting mandated pretty much to like set like bring a whole bunch of content to Disney Plus and like you have to have a certain amount of shows, um, and so they they were not a he you could tell from there that like quality was going down because sure. he was trying to pump out the quantity that yeah. they wanted and I think part of that did start with Bob Iger because Bob Iger wanted to start Disney Plus and he wanted their big brands like Marvel and Star Wars to have a presence on the platform and bring exclusive content yeah. and so some of the things bob Iger did start but i think bob Iger now has the benefit in hindsight and he has seen on the outside of what all of this has caused and so he knows he's like okay i know what notes to give <laughs> i do think some people have already gotten fired like within day one of bob Iger coming back i do not think the firings are done so I think a lot of big changes are coming, but overall, I'm excited because so I love. So sitting Iger. in the apartment and you're just like scrolling on your phone, you're gaining all this knowledge, aren't you? 
So I follow all the Disney stuff very closely. I know so that's you do, yeah. that's not like, but there I yeah sometimes yeah. when you see me well, I'm just like reading articles. Maybe and all we, this stuff. maybe we'll see him in March when we're perusing around Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I love. Let me tell you, I love Bob Iger. I think he's Good. great. Any other news? Oh, there's also this is there's the more, more recent. News, this right? is the more right. recent news. Um, and I w- I want to hear your thoughts on this one. <clears throat> the more recent news that came out, I think it was two nights ago. I showed you the article. Is that you know Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman yes, 1984, yeah, yeah. she turned in her little script for Wonder Woman three, and so there has been more stuff that has come out. So when the first article broke, it was that she turned it in, and Warner Brothers were like, "Nope, we're canceling it all." The now the newer information is that she turned it in. Um, it was Mike DeLuca and Pam Abdi, who were over all the like the movie division at Warner Brothers where they read it had some notes they were like we don't like it we're not making this but we want to give you an opportunity to rewrite it and patty jenkins (laughs) i don't know if the truth of this this is just the fun stuff but patty jenkins said that they didn't understand what she was going for and linked them the wikipedia article to character arcs Oh, lordy. <laughs> and if I saw somebody say this, this is hilarious, that Patty Jenkins, I mean, not Patty Jenkins, that Mike DeLuca and Pam Abdi should have linked to her the Rotten Tomato score to Wonder Woman 1984. Because Which was, what was that score it was again? Low. It was really low. It was low. It's it, very low. It was panned by critics and fans. Um... Which I think is true. So now the the word on the street. Yeah, it sits at a, well, it sits at a fifty eight. That's yeah, not but still terrible. Rot- but the, it's rotten. The IMDb score is pretty bad. Because the first and the letterbox score is pretty cause bad. Because the first uh, Wonder Woman's at like ninety eight or something big. like ninety four maybe. I don't first know. First Wonder Woman's very good. I love the first Wonder Woman. Anyway, I love going. the first one. But <laughs> the thing is, like now that James Gunn and Peter Safran, they are now the heads. They are the Kevin Feige's of DC now. Um, James Gunn, it basically the art the first article that came out was that like all of the old the Snyderverse basically is getting it's done, like at the end of next year when Aquaman comes out. All the actors, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, all Ezra Miller was already gonna be out. But all of them they're like they're done after next year. We're restarting. Um, I think some people might survive that, being the people he's directed in the Suicide Squad movies. Yeah. Um, which I don't think is good. But yeah, so I think it's time, like, I, again, I'm a Zack Snyder acolyte, too. I love the Snyderverse. Zack Snyder's Justice League, Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, all great. However, the box office has spoken. Black Adam has lost money, no matter how much The Rock wants to well, say Adam that they just, made money. Black Adam <laughs> was, was like, just Black we're Adam. We're actually going to profit. No, it lost money. It, it did just, not do it, well. It was, it was okay. And, like, My mind people, was consumed more with other things that day that we saw that. It's just, like, people are spoken, like... There is a very loud fan base on social media, but they're not willing to come to the theaters to see the movies. I think um, it's just it's not it's time for the Snyderverse to end, sadly. Um, and I think the best thing for DC is to reboot and just start over. My question for you is like, mm-hmm. do you think that DC would be better off at this point to just start over, or should they try to salvage? I don't know. I think I think I get. I don't know. I think what we see with DC is we see a couple of individual movies that are really good, like Joker, the mm-hmm. Batman, the mm-hmm. Zack Snyder Justice League cut. Mm-hmm. You have some really good standalone films 
And Aquaman, I remember really I, enjoying. I like Aquaman. Yeah. I think the problem with DC is that they need to establish themselves. Are these movies coming together for something or are they not? Mm-hmm. And I think whatever decision they decide to make, I think it'll be the same. A couple standout movies, a big superhero movie that might be really good or might be really bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the DC... I, I don't know if I have an, if I have like an opinion on if it's, quote, like better off. Mm-hmm. Like rewriting it but i think we have some strong individual films that people want to see and if they're going to be a business and a mm-hmm. company that like wants to cater to those people and make money then they should focus on those mm-hmm. darker themes yeah. and i think that's what's drawing people to the theater that, which is interesting one but, of the reasons they brought in james gunn was that they could have like one vision like a marvel like exactly. these movies are going to be building to something yeah and i think because of how frazzled and everywhere dc is right now with all of their characters yeah i honestly at this point because some of some of them are very very beloved like gal gadot wonder woman was great like some people like henry cavill's stuff like apparently the flash movie that's coming out next year is really good um aquaman you know people like that so like people like some of it but not everyone likes all of it because then you have like no one cared about black adam yeah you know shazam shazam's a great movie but it was oh yeah did not do well at the box office start about shazam (laughs) and so like all of these movies like some people like them some people don't like joker and the batman are more elseworlds they're not a part of like the dceu which i think they should just start from the batman but i don't think matt reeves wants to share it um so I, I think at this point it might be a smart like just start from scratch yeah. because if you yeah. if you keep trying to salvage parts of it there will always be the reminder of what once was with the Zack yeah. Snyder stuff what could have been and I think honestly in the words of Kylo Ren like it's time to let the past die kill yeah. it if you have to I think James Gunn just needs to commit and bye we're gonna restart and if that's what their decision is like I think they I should hope. make it now and not yeah re reconvene. A couple months later yeah. after a couple films yeah. so i think we will know within the first two months of next year yeah like what the plan is what yeah. the next like official like this is where the story's going this movie yeah. it starts here yeah we'll have new recasts like i think right now he's supposed to be him and peter saffron james gunn and peter saffron are supposed to be meeting with like the heads of warner brothers david zaslav and presenting their plan yeah um, I think they're working through like Christmas and all that, and at the very beginning of next year, yeah, we should be hearing. So, so we'll, we'll, I love DC. We'll like DC, yeah, I, don't I like. It at I all. honestly like DC characters more than Marvel, and so I mm. want to see the DC movies succeed. I want to so, see them succeed too. That's the thing. Uh, but yeah, so but that's, n- that's the new the, section of the show. Yeah, the, the um, I watched that pop culture movie culture. Yeah, right, right. Business, but like movie to, business to, side, to sidetrack off that, yeah. like I will say, this morning when I woke and I watched the Super Mario clip, I'm very impressed. I cannot wait for that. Chris movie. Pratt, I think personally, is doing a really good I, job. From what I heard place. in that clip, I said, okay, um, this isn't that bad. And like, I think the animation is stunning. So good. Jack Black as Bowser is. I'm just very. I just have to say, like, have to segue. I'm yeah. pretty excited for that film. No, I can't. And I wanted to talk real quick, like now that you brought it up, because we didn't talk about the trailer. 
the Mario Kart section of that trailer, you the child yeah. in me, I screamed. But like, because it yeah. was Rainbow Road and Mario like, Kart. We're gonna uh, see like all of these little nods to uh-huh. like, because I played. I remember as a kid playing. I'm sure we'll talk about this when we talk about yeah, Mario. But like, I remember on my Nintendo 64 putting my Super Mario. No, what was the Mario game? Like just the classic Mario game where you like jumped through the picture. Did you ever play that? Super Mario 64. Super Mario 64. I, that's one of my favorite Mario games. Oh my gosh, it was I played that game like over and over and over again and like I got all the secret mm-hmm. levels and stuff like that. I remember I would put it in my Nintendo 64, turn it on, and it like wouldn't start. You have to take the thing out and blow it. Put it back in, jam it back in. I yeah. just am. I think with that clip, it made me nostalgic of yeah. playing that game, and it looks beautiful. You know, That's and it. I'm not old <laughs> enough to have the Nintendo 64, the N64. We are a lot more closer <laughs> to age than you realize. My first was the GameCube, though, so I mine's not that far. Yeah, yeah, some people are probably like, "What's the GameCube?" Although GameCube's like, the GameCube was good for its time. Right. I think it was ahead of its time. I wanna. I've been. Re- I'm gonna leave this Super Mario Brothers movie in April and be like, Ethan, I want to switch. <laughs> I love my Switch, too. The Switch is amazing. It's time for an uh, update to it, but that's another whole nother Oh, here we go, folks. Anyway. Yeah, that's pop culture, but we'll get to that at some point. So we also, <laughs> to catch up today, we still have two films that we saw a little yeah. bit ago. Yeah, a little bit ago. But movies that I think that's, I think were, I mean, not I think, but like, that were really good. So the first film is called The Menu. Yes. For those who don't know The Menu, basically, how would you describe the menu i think it was what is it about it okay so all these super fancy rich people mm-hmm. go to a private island where voldemort is the chef not voldemort close <laughs> it's ray fines um but the actor who plays voldemort but he is the chef and uh they they have this fine dining it's like a you know, like a four-hour yeah, dining like experience. Four-hour four dining experience. It's on a secluded island. You have to get boat. It's yeah. like all, each course all, has a story. Yes, behind has a story, it. and like the way that they craft it's very interesting. So I think it was like honestly, like kind not a spoof because that's the wrong word for it. Yeah. Kind of like making fun of it like the, definitely the hoity-toity making, kind of people. It's definitely kind of. making fun. Right now, the menu, and then what happens throughout the night is that these characters, one of them was invited. Um, Anya Vanya Taylor Joy. Not Anya Vanya. How do you say her Anya name? Taylor Joy. Anya. I don't know where Vanya came from. Not Anya Vanya. Bon, I'm thinking of Umbrella Academy. I don't know why. <laughs> Anya. Anna. Anna Taylor. Anya Taylor. Anya Joy, Taylor. Who's Joy. actually the voice of Peach in the Supermarket? Yes, movie. and her voice sounds great. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> she gets invited by another guy, and uh, she Nicholas wasn't. Holt. She wasn't a really originally mm-hmm. like on the menu yeah. for being there, and so it's kind of her experience through it, and I think it's this interesting film about like class and like separation mm-hmm. it's sitting at a 3.8 review for letterbox is 7.5 out of 10 on imdb and at 89 percent on rotten tomatoes that's about yeah. so after hearing those kind of critiques like those scores mm-hmm. like do you think that that's representative what were your thoughts about I th- it yeah i think that is pretty that's what pretty did you representative rate it too? I gave it. You give it three stars. I gave it three. <laughs> you give it three. Stars. I gave it three. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. I was gonna say like I well, think I that is. Half, I so think I mean... that is very representative of what it the movie is, um. Even though it may not be like, I may have not have thought it's the best movie ever. Totally. I do know there's probably an audience out there that absolutely loves it. Yeah. Um. And so that's. I think that's right. I think a lot of the performances were good. It's extremely well made. It's a very well made gonna, movie. I'm not even deny that. Um. It was making me hungry watching it. Like the food, Period. all I loved the stories behind each I said, course. Yum, yum. Um, I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I really 
the only my main problem was probably about three quarters of the way maybe only halfway through the movie there gets a part it showed it in the trailer um it's the part where they actually go outside from the restaurant yeah from that point i thought that was where the story was going to kind of turn and then the rest of the movie was going to take place outside and that was really exciting but then they all just went back inside and i'm like oh we're right back to where we started yeah. Um, and so I thought it kind of meandered a little bit in that point where I thought, okay, the story should have opened up more. And instead it was like, here's what it could have been. Now we're going back. Yeah. Um, and the ending, I just, I'm still not very satisfied with the ending. Yeah. I thought it was weird. Are we giving spoilers away or are we, um, a non-spoiler review, non-spoiler thoughts. Yeah. That was my non-spoiler thoughts. So my non-spoiler thoughts, I would yeah. say I'm very similar. I, Okay. I think what this film exceeds at is being so itself. Like, for example, like, I really loved, like, when the chef guy was... What's his name? It's Rafe Fiennes. Um, it says Ralph, but it's actually yeah. pronounced Rafe. Um, when he, like, was giving the presentation, yeah. like, you saw... That's it was so like good. a cooking show. Yeah. It felt like, like you saw the plates, you saw... And his little claps and it made was, me jump, too. It, I'm like, oh. It's built, it built this eeriness of, like, what is actually uh-huh. going on. And then I think it felt... I think, to me, I was enjoying the film. And I loved seeing, for example, like, Nicholas Holt's character, like, go into the kitchen and be mm-hmm. a part of it. Oh. And, like, realize that he's actually Crazy. terrible. Oof. And, like, he gets, like... He gets so... It's just... There's a lot of commentary going on. And I have to ask myself... I think... I was asking myself in the movie, is this too much commentary uh-huh. to really enjoy the movie because I think if you were watching this movie and you're a commentary buff mm-hmm. I think you would have been so satisfied with that yeah. ending and been like wow yeah. that was the best movie I've ever seen but I think because we're not just watching for commentary we're watching mm-hmm. for experience too and mm-hmm. our reactions I think the reaction fell flat for me in the end because I was I wasn't upset with the ending but I think there was so much commentary shoved down our throat that we walked away with just commentary yeah. and to me like how much can I really take away from a movie that talks about class divide and mm-hmm. like so to give away the spoilers if you yeah, have not seen the movie it's been you, out for a month yeah but... if you have not seen the movie skip ahead a little bit but what happens at the end is that Anya Vanya no not Anya, Anya Taylor Joy she ends up escaping uh-huh. but she does it very cleverly by convincing the chef to create something that she wants mm-hmm. and she realizes through like being kidnapped by him that uh-huh. like what his first job was working at like Wendy's or something it, was it wasn't some, it was a fast food it was like a fa- job, I, I thought it was Wendy. I don't even it know wasn't Wendy. I don't know why <laughs> but like he makes she makes him like make a burger mm-hmm. and like did like and it looked remember, like a very good burger and it looked like a, I was I was like let's go get a burger after this but um like and then she, the movie ends where he lets her go mm-hmm. on the boat and she's gone and she's leaving and the whole place is just erupted in flames yeah. but everyone is assumed dead and she's just sitting on the boat eating her yeah. burger and I think it's supposed to be this recognition of like people who are greedy get what they deserve mm-hmm. and people who have to work their way Mm -hmm. for attention i think they get spared so i think it was okay but i was sitting at the end like man like i wish there was more i wish Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like 
having to dissect themes. I wish yeah. it was not predictable because it felt kind of predictable yeah. towards the end. Yeah. What do you have thoughts about the spoilers? Uh, no, I just along the lines like that the ending that with everything blowing up and she's just sitting there eating her yeah. takeout, which is like I think a very clever scene I'm to just, have in the background, yeah, like the I, smoke rising. Yeah, and... I'm just like that could have been cool, but because of the way the rest of the movie was built, it didn't feel satisfying at yeah. all. Yeah, and like I, so I was just like, because they're building this eeriness about like the whole concept of um, like the menu and like it's all a yeah. part of the menu it's all a part of the the yeah. the menu like don't change anything and so like for it to come out that the menu just actually succeeded yeah felt unsatisfying because i think you can't help but watch a movie you're like let's do the exact opposite of what's going yeah. on but i mean yeah, it was a very it was a very unique film for this year that i oh, think yeah. was really enjoyable and i honestly i didn't hate it Even no i didn't I gave, hate the movie i no. gave it three and a half stars but i think when i give things like three stars out of five it's i enjoyed it yeah usually i kind of said the same thing last year when uh i saw house of gucci yeah i gave house of gucci three stars it's like i don't hate the movie i just and like usually when i give yeah. something three stars i'm leaning towards the positive side exactly it's like i liked it exactly it's just it wasn't amazing exactly that's if we want to get so that's that was the menu yeah. but we can but now we're going to steer to another movie now this one we are not going to dive into any spoilers no. because it was only in theaters for a week and it's not returning again until like december Christmas 23rd time, december 23rd and that is glass onion so because it was not widely yes. available so, for people to watch we're not going to spoil it glass onion right is the knives out the knives out sequel, sequel. it is sitting at Ugh. right now an 8 out of 10 on IMDb and a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes it and a 4.5 average score on Letterboxd. So I'll just spoil, I'm not spoil like the movie, but spoil my thoughts. I loved this movie. Mm -hmm. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Uh, I Knives Out was good. I think Glass Onion's better. Like, yeah. just leaps and bounds. What do you think makes it better, though? Uh, so I thought Ryan Johnson, who's the director and writer of this, he also directed The Last Jedi. Um, and wrote yeah. The Last Jedi. He's very known for subverting expectations. And I thought the way he subverted expectations in Glass Onion was immensely more satisfying than the way he subverted expectations in Knives Out. Yeah. I will say some of the performances, to me, just stand out more in Glass Onion. And so it, left a, it left a bigger impression on me. Not to say, like, Ana de Armas, I, am, whew, I love Ana de Armas in yeah. Knives Out, but... You know, I just thought the other characters in Glass Onion just stood out more. Um, and it, <clears throat> I will say, if this movie came out, like, the summer, I think it would have made, like, a huge stamp. Because, you know, like, Knives Out, people say, is pumpkin spice the movie. Because it really feels yeah. like a fall. It came out at Thanksgiving, too. And yeah. so, like, this one, although I'm glad I saw it regardless, if it would have come out in, like, the summer, I yeah. think it would have been like, oh, this feels like a summer yeah. movie. Um, but yeah, ultimately I just left more satisfied with this movie and yeah. I, I thought all the performances were better, even yeah. though the Knives Out ones weren't bad. I thought the script was more clever and funny. Um, yeah. So overall, I thought Daniel Craig was also better in Glass Onion than in Knives Out. Yeah. I think what I remember going <clears> to <throat> this movie, I saw it with my sister and my brother-in-law and I was like, guys, we have to see this movie. Like this is only out for a week. Like we have to go. Mm -hmm. Our theater was packed. Like. Everyone was so excited to see it. And then when it started, and just, like, the way it started with just seeing all these different cuts of people, uh -huh. I think... It was very cool how It was very that. cool, like, when they got the box, they <clears throat> were 
figuring it out. I think what made this movie for me, because I agree, I had such a better time with this movie mm -hmm. than I did with the first Knives Out. And I think after like kind of understanding why I felt that way, I think it's because it felt so relatable. Mm. Because like it was happening during the quote unquote like pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, the pandemic happened, but I meant yeah. like in the setting of that movie. Yeah, like and it I was thought happening that was, during that the was pandemic. a cool reveal. And I think that that was really unique and good. And yeah. like I think that that playing with that humor, I think made it appealing yeah. too. And, and I, yeah. just on that brief point, like <clears throat> usually when like COVID is mentioned in like a movie or TV show, I usually like roll my eyes. I'm like, okay, we get exactly. it. Exactly. But this one, it was cleverly done, and it was playing the joke on it exactly. i was like okay let's exactly go. So. and so i think because they played that joke like super mm -hmm. well i think it made it just so fun yeah. and i just think the dynamics between that friend group was so messy mm -hmm. and i think that what we saw in the other knives out i don't think it was a friend group or anything it was, it was a just a family and i think i think what made me more attracted to like this movie mm -hmm. in the plot was that it was a group of friends mm -hmm. and that they were all coming back together again mm -hmm. and they all had their own beef with each other. I just feel like that's so, I hate to say, like, relatable mm -hmm. because, like, that's toxic as crap. <laughs> but, like, I think that's what made it so interesting because everything's piecing together and you're yeah. like, I want to know more about this. I want to. So I just thought, like, when the first murder, when, like, the murder uh -huh. happened, I liked how it wasn't just, like, how the other film was. Because wasn't the other film, like, interview... I swear. Well, they did. It wasn't like a like an office style interview. It was like they were getting interviewed by the detective. Exactly. I love how they didn't do that yeah. this time. I love how the murder happened. That's not a, that's not a spoiler. Yeah, like a it murder happens. mystery. Yeah. And then it takes you back, and you get to know kind of the different yes. change of events, and then you read the whole story it, gets retold again. It, yes, I was like the first half of the movie. I was sitting there. I'm like, wow, this is really good. Yeah. I like this. And then when it gives you the twist halfway through the movie, I leaned in. I'm like, okay, this is my favorite movie of the year. Because <laughs> then it re it retells the story exactly. and you have more information. But it retells the oh, story in so such a... Well. It retells the story in such a smart way mm -hmm. that when it's retelling it again, you're just as intrigued. Yes. And there's even more twists that are going uh -huh. on. And I think... <clears throat> I wanted to give this five stars, but I didn't end up giving it five stars because I gave it four and a half. I did give it five. I know. <laughs> because I felt like like the murder itself did become predictable. Okay. Which I think is okay. I want to watch. I'm going yeah. to watch it again. Yeah, I'm going to watch it again. But like, I think the murder became predictable in a sense. Uh -huh. And not that I wasn't not enjoying that aspect of it. But once the twist happens, the story gets retold, mm -hmm. and we get to the end, and like both storylines kind of mm -hmm. converge. Um, I think I wasn't just like I was waiting for something big to happen, mm -hmm. and I guess what big thing could happen, and that big thing mm -hmm. happened. So I think I made my own expectations yeah. that caused my viewing of the movie to be like not fall flat by yeah. any means, but like just be like, oh, like I I expected that. So, however, though I think. What was done so well about that movie is that it told the story twice. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that is so fun. Yeah. And that's like a, a different style of murder mystery that I yeah. haven't seen. And I think this movie was just larger scale than Knives Out 2, I think. Yeah. Even though it almost felt more like out a... One. Knives Out 1. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, like, it, it was on bigger a bigger scale even though it almost took place more in a bottle. Yeah. And I don't know really how to explain that. Like, it was... 
they used less locations in this movie, yet yeah. it felt larger. Yep. And it felt more open. Yep. Uh, and so I just, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and I will say the ending to this movie, while not spoiling it at all, reminded me somewhat of like how the menu was. Yeah. Except how this movie, how Glass Onion ended was much more satisfying yeah. than how the menu yeah. ended. So. And I think like what was so good about the movie too is that I think it can be hard to navigate. I think it was a group of like six people or mm-hmm. seven. It can be really hard to navigate the different plot, like, conflicts that are going mm-hmm. on per inner group but it was just done so easily mm-hmm. that you can understand yeah like it wasn't hard to like not understand yeah. it was like oh like this person's upset at this person this yeah. person's upset at that person like here's what's actually going on yeah it just all layered together really well and i think when you have a movie this movie felt like it was just done so phenomenally well yeah. that you can't be upset at it yeah like uh, i yeah like the twist was so awesome it was clever and the um the actor that plays the twist did a really good job uh-huh. and like just all the actors did a great job. Oh. I just think, I think this movie, I think excited me and made me understand why I love movies, but yeah. that sounds so dramatic, no, but well, like, it's just, especially from a Netflix movie. Yeah. Like, well, that's because I think the reason this feels so different is because, you know, Knives Out wasn't a Netflix movie. Like no. this is a franchise that started theatrically. And it's the same writer director, so it fe- that t- the tone is exactly the same. It's yeah. just Netflix had the money to buy yeah. the rights to the sequels, yeah. um, and so like I I thought it was great. I can't wait for Knives Out three because they've already, I know, they already greenlit. It. It's done. I hope Daniel that, Craig yeah. is great. I, it's like we had, it's perfect yeah. for his career post Jane. And we had we had more Daniel Craig in this movie yes. too. And I I didn't his character was odd, but I didn't not enjoy it yeah because i think it it almost was like you know when pirates of the caribbean came out you know jack sparrow was not meant to be the main character it was supposed to be orlando bloom and Keira knightley but everyone loved jack sparrow so much he became the main character and so now i think it's almost a similar thing where like when knives out came out like daniel craig was not meant to be the main character he was just there and then they were like this actually would be a cool thing if we followed him through other mysteries and so through that Benoit Blanc became the main character almost. I it's just, just thought it was so cool. It's just a great film. I see this being in the top of a lot of people's oh, list. Yeah. It was just so enjoyable. If when it comes out, I would say watch it. Watch it's it. Honestly, like it's, so good. it's not quote unquote family friendly, but mm-hmm. I think it's a great film to watch yeah. with like a family. Yeah. And I do want to touch on briefly because you said like it would be in a lot of people's probably like top ten. I want like real briefly touch on like its awards chances. Do you think like, it has any? I think I think it like. So the Critics' Choice Awards, all those nominations actually came out today. Yeah. Like who they released, like who they're, uh, I don't think who they actually, who they nominated, but who they're going to nominate or something. I don't know, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that's kind of like the first one. Then we start to go into the Golden Globes and then yeah. um, the Oscars, which the Golden Globes aren't as big as they used to be. No. Um, but I think Glass Onion initially had a very good chance at um, the Oscars. And I, t- I talked about this with you briefly, is that, like, especially now in this post-COVID world where people are, they're not as inclined to go to the movies unless mm-hmm. it's a really big thing, uh, because COVID trained them to wait and watch stuff at home. Uh, I, I think it initially was going to do super well. I still think it'll get nominated for a lot. However, I don't think the Oscars are going to reward it as much because when theaters asked Netflix to keep it in theaters for like one more week, they were like, we got nothing else coming out. Just yeah. please let us keep it. Netflix was like, nope. Yeah. Um, 
And so, like, I think their Oscars are more likely to reward movies like a Top Gun Maverick or yep. Avatar The Way of Water because, like, those movies are big and brought people back to the theaters. Yep. Now, there, I believe Ryan Johnson has hinted, uh, I haven't seen it myself, but I think he has hinted that um, he's going to try to get Netflix to re-release it again into theaters, like, day and date once it drops on Netflix, too. Um, so if it does, maybe it could change. It could turn around. Yep. We'll find out. Uh, what do you think? Do you think? I don't know. I I think. I don't know. I I, I think that. Um, I don't know. I don't really trust the award shows. I think. Mm. Okay, that's really dramatic. Them. I just think I'm interested to see the nominations mm-hmm. and then go from there. I don't know if Glass Onion will get nominated. I think, it's. Because of the nature of it being owned by Netflix, Netflix mm-hmm. has not really been known to be a big front runner in these award shows. But they could change that. With They've this won movie. some things, but never in the but huge. Categories. I feel like the watching Knives Out, <clears throat> as good as it was, I'm like this feels too mainstream to be recognized by the Academy. I mean, maybe I think this year they're gonna have to go a little mainstream. I know because yeah. they know, like in the past, like people don't care because we have, they haven't heard of the movies. Yeah. But, like, in a, a year with Top Gun Maverick and with Avatar, like, how... Because those are both juggernauts. Yeah. Like, how are yeah. you not going to honor those movies in some way? Exactly. So. But that's what we've caught up on. Yeah. And we have a lot more to discuss. Yeah, we do. Soon. <laughs> I can't wait for the next episode. Uh, <laughs> so stay tuned, folks. Yep. All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks for catching up with us. It's Alex. And Ethan. Bye. I watched that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>